Okay, we're going to be starting a brand new series this morning, and the title of the series is Brand Spanking New. Um, it's going to be an interesting series. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. John Gardner um, made our graphics and has been for a while. He does just, just a great job. Um, and really, I really liked this one. I thought this was a really cool idea and thought. So he does such an amazing job with the graphics. And, and so John Gardner, thank you so much for all that you do. Um, and so this morning, we're going to kind of jump right into this new series. It's going to be about a four-week series. And I'm, like I said, excited to share this with you. And, and, um, but, but here's the thing. I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I, if you've ever had an experience of getting something new and maybe not something small but something big it, it's pretty cool it's a pretty neat experience and and it's a pretty awesome moment and things of that nature and I was kind of thinking about that in my life and and I remember how when I was growing up you know when I turned 16 um, I was able to, to my mom and dad helped me and, and we, we I got a car and basically but it was it was a used car and obviously nothing wrong with that and I loved that car it was a Ford, 1989 Ford Probe oh yeah Oh yeah, I was I was gold. Yeah, I had the little flip up headlights, you know. And so, but basically, I got that car, and then I had a few other cars. But but I remember I was I was a youth pastor in in in, in Albuquerque at the time, and it was it was the last day of I think it was two thousand four or two thousand five. I really don't remember. And and I was 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 excited because they had just come out that that fall with with a brand new Ford Mustang. Okay? Yes, Josh is shaking his head. I hope that's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, not like that. Remember that, that, that like late a 90s Ford Mustang? I didn't like that one as much, but this one had to look like the old Mustang. You had like the fastback window there in the back, and it was just, I, I thought, oh man, that's a cool looking car. I thought, that is so neat. Well, long story short, basically, I was in a car dealership on the very last day of the year which I've always heard is a great time to buy a car. I don't know if it is or not, but anyway, I was there, and they had a brand spanking new Ford Mustang. And like I said, this was, this was brand spanking new because this wasn't just a new car, and I'd never had a new car before, but this was a brand spanking new car because it was the new design, okay? And it was beautiful. It had a spoiler on the back. I wasn't married at the time. I mean, you know, this is like... The perfect, you know, single guy car. You know, I think I'm going to be driving around Albuquerque and people are going to look. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So anyway, I bought the car. And I'm so excited. I've never had a new car before, ever. Again, so excited. I get in the car and, and basically, um, at the time, my parents were living in Albuquerque. And so we said, hey, let's, let's go out and celebrate. Let's have dinner together for like, you know, the last, you know, it's, 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 it's obviously New Year's Eve. You know, let's go out and have dinner. I said, oh, yeah. So, of course, I, I, I still do this today. So I park, like the restaurant's here, and I'm parking about an acre away. You know what I mean? And so I park the car. I park it under a light. I mean, I'm thinking it's safe. It's so beautiful. I remember I, I turned around. I walked away. And I kind of kept looking over my shoulder at this beautiful car. We go in, we have dinner, and it's time to go. So I'm walking out to the car. And I go, oh boy, I can't wait to get in it. Still got the new car smell. And as I get closer, I'm noticing something. And I'm thinking, huh, what's, what's that on the, 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 the passenger door? 
What? Wonder what? It must. It, it, it's the light. It's the light. Remember, I, I parked under the light. It must be the light. So I get closer and I get closer and I get closer. And I get closer and I realize it's, uh, it's not the light. Someone, I don't want to talk about, I don't know who, you know, but someone had felt like it was a good idea to break in my new car with a key. And someone keyed my car literally to where I could see the metal underneath it. This was not someone walking by going, la, 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 la. This was literally someone probably sitting there going, I am going to destroy this. I had a brand new car for like three hours. I was devastated. Now, thankfully, we, we went, we got it fixed. I remember like the very next day, you know, it was New Year's Day, and I remember I was like driving to my parents' house so we could maybe look at the damage in the light, you know? And I literally, I'm at a stoplight, and I'm sitting there in my, my new car, and I look over, and there's a guy, and he's like looking at my car, you know, because it was like brand new, no one's seen that, that body style much. And he kind of starts, I can see his eyes, and he's starting like at the end of it, and he's moving his way forward, and he's like looking at me, he's kind of like this look on his face, he's like, that's nice, that's nice. And then he gets to the door, and he literally, this smile goes to like, <gasps> you know, like horror. And he goes, he literally looks at me, he goes, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, you know, devastated. But you know what? There was something fun and exciting, and we got it fixed, you know, don't, 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 you know, it worked out. But about having something brand spanking new. This series is really going to be about that and not about things that don't matter. Not about things that are going to basically go away and, 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 you know, I don't have that car anymore, obviously, and things of that nature. But instead, something that, that God wants to make brand spanking new in you and in me. But we're going to take up the next several weeks and kind of unpack this idea and this thought of what God wants to do. The, the, the life-giving change that God wants to bring in you and in me. We'll, we're going to unpackage this together and we're going to look at this. But here's the thing we need to understand. God likes new. He does. Look at Revelation 21, the first verse, uh, or the first part of verse 5. It says, and to the one that's sitting on the throne, he says, look, I am making everything new. God likes new. God is going to later on, in, in, as we look in Revelation, as we look at the prophecies, as we look at what God wants to do in us and in our world, God wants to make it new. God likes the concept of new. He likes to be able to take the things and, and form them and, and change them and turn them into something brand new. The really, for, for our series this, this month, we're going to be really looking at this concept and this, this text is really kind of the main text of what we're looking at and it's found in 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5 17 says this, when someone becomes a Christian, so there is a caveat here, there is something that we're going to talk about a little bit later, but, but there is this idea when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Brand spanking new. That's what God has called you to. That is what God is wanting to help you to understand. But there's, there's some depth here that sometimes we need to understand. 
there's some, some parts here that we sometimes miss, uh, re- don't realize, and because we don't realize it, we kind of maybe can be too hard on ourselves or too hard on others, and we miss this concept, and we miss this understanding. So let's kind of let's dive in just a little bit here to really understand what this verse is talking about and how we can understand it, because there's really two parts of this that God wants to do. This is in your notes. The theological words, basically, for brand spanking new are the words regeneration and sanctification. Regeneration and sanctification. We need to understand that there are two brand spanking news, if that makes sense, that God wants to do in you and through you. And we have to understand how these things are. So we're going to break these down because if we don't understand this idea of regeneration and sanctification, the whole series is not going to work as well as it needs to. So we need to understand here what God wants to do and what God is doing in us and through us. So let's look at this together. Let's first look at this idea of regeneration, okay? Regeneration is defined, is basically, is the work of God in your heart at the moment of salvation, God gives us a new life, a new heart, and we are a new creation. Basically, what Paul is writing in 2 Corinthians is this idea of regeneration. When you come to Jesus and you give your life to Him, God in that moment regenerates something in you and gives you a new heart, a new life, a new creation. That happens at the moment of salvation. There is nothing you can do to make that happen in you. It is simply a work of God that worked up, that God does. Jesus talks about it in John 3. In John 3, Jesus is meeting here with Nicodemus at night. Nicodemus has come to him and he's, he's asking him about some of these questions. He's, he's kind of having this interrogation, not, not in a negative sense, but he's trying to figure out who Jesus is. So in John 3, starting with verse 3, Jesus is talking to him and he says this. Jesus replies, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again... You cannot see the kingdom of God. We've heard that concept or that wording before. You have to be born again. We have to, uh, this is this idea or concept uh, of regeneration. He says, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Verse 5, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Okay? Water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So what Jesus is talking about here is that idea of regeneration. He's basically saying, listen, if you've been born of water, and if you're alive today, guess what? You've been born of water, but not all of us have been born of the Spirit. That idea of regeneration is that new birth that God brings about and takes us from something that's dead to something that's alive. Let's again look at this idea again in 1 Peter 1.3. In 1 Peter 1.3, this is what it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. This idea of new birth, this idea that God comes and begins to, at the moment where you accept him, you are something new. You are a new creation in Christ, is that idea of regeneration. But there's another part of brand spanking new that God wants to do in you. There is something more that God is working out in you, and that's this idea of sanctification. 
So again, regeneration is this idea in the moment of salvation, but sanctification is different. Here's what that is. Sanctification is the progressive work of God and, uh, and us that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. So regeneration, in a moment, God makes you brand new. But in this, there is a progressive move towards this idea of brand spanking new. And this is something that not only does God do in us, but we partner with Him, we cooperate with Him to accomplish this in our lives. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is what it says. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. This idea that we see here in the first part of 18, this idea of the veil being removed, is kind of this idea of seeing God face to face that only could happen, basically, as we have now been, been saved by Him. So that's kind of this first point and the first idea. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. This idea of more and more is a progressive work. This idea that God takes us and makes us brand new, yes, at the moment of salvation, but now he's sanctifying us and he's making us more and more like who? Like Jesus. This is this idea that John the Baptist shares when he basically says, listen, I have to decrease so Jesus can Increase. Now, he was talking about his ministry. He was talking about this earthly thing. But we can say the same in our spiritual life. What God wants to do in us, this making us brand spanking new in him, is this progressive work that he's doing. It's this idea that God is taking a little bit of you out every day, hopefully, and putting a little bit more of Jesus in. And that we're cooperating with him to do that. Look at Romans 8, 29. In Romans 8.29, this is what God says. For God, or Paul says, For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So this idea of transformation or sanctification is a process. This idea of becoming brand spanking new which is just as important and just as vital and just as, as, as focus-driven as basically this idea of, of, of regeneration, okay? Now, let me be honest with you. Some of us, we, 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 we like the idea of, of regeneration. We like that idea of brand spanking new in a moment where God does it, but sometimes we fail to understand that now God is still making brand spanking new things in you. Sanctification is a little different. Because sanctification is about you partnering with God to accomplish that, to become more like Jesus. Look at 1 John 3, 2. It says this, Dear friends, we are already God's children. We are already God's children. How did we become God's children? Through regeneration. Through being born again. But listen to what John continues to say. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know we will be like him. For we will see him as he really is. 
So in this whole series, as we're kind of breaking this down, we're going to break these down more later and kind of discuss them in the coming weeks a little bit more, but we have to understand here that there is two brand spanking news that God wants to do in you and in me. The first step is that born-again experience, that experience where God takes all that's dead and, and brings forth life. The thing where, where all our sins are forgiven, but at the same time, there is that process of sanctification, which God is working in us and through us to get us more like Jesus and to help us to sin less and less and less. Notice I didn't say stop sinning. We still sin. And that's one of the misnomers that a lot of people have. Oh, Christians, they're just, they're just broken. They, they still do all these horrible things. Yeah, that's right, we do. Why? Because the object or the point of, of sanctification is that progressive work. Now, here's the thing. If I've been saved 50 years, I ought to be sinning less and be more like Jesus now than I was 25 years ago. But that doesn't mean I'm perfect. That takes place when we're dead. When God changes us completely to brand spanking new, we have all the new bodies and all those things that God has for us. But this idea of sanctification literally begins at the moment of regeneration and continues until you are an ire with Jesus. It doesn't stop. You haven't reached that place yet. There's still more that God wants to do. But here's the thing. How does God work this process of becoming brand spanking new? Not, not, not the idea of regeneration, but in sanctification. How does God work this? Now, here's the thing that I found. When it comes to this concept, there is God's way, and then there's the world's way. And these ways are really kind of at odds with each other. And the problem becomes is when followers of Jesus begin to try to do things not God's way, but the world's way. And when we do that, we become uh, we, there starts to become issues and problems that we begin to deal with. And here's the thing. You can go, and, and when it comes to change or life, lifestyle changes, or cha you, know, there, you can go online or you can go to Barnes & Noble or any bookstore, and you can find literally thousands of ways to do that. Oh, if you do this and you do that, you know, here we got, we're coming up. I know it's coming up really quickly now. It's unbelievable. You know, we're going to be in the new year soon. And people start, you know, it's the new year, I gotta bring all this change, I gotta, I gotta change the way I eat, I gotta change the way I do this, or change this or that, and, and we all begin to do these things. And, 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 and the thing is, the world seems to do it a certain way, where God says, no, 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 I got to do, I'm gonna do something different. Because here's what I found, and I actually looked this up, and, and a kind of interesting, you know, thing, but they basically said, I didn't know after this how much this goes, but, you know, when it comes to the idea of change and, and, and New Year's resolutions, I heard the stat, you know, who knows if it's true, but, you know, you find it online, who knows. But basically, I think it's fairly true that 80% of every um, New Year's resolution is broken by, by um, Valentine's Day. Six weeks. Listen, that is not the lasting, life-changing change that God wants to see in you and me. He doesn't look at us and go, man, I got six weeks of you becoming more like Jesus and basically the other however many weeks of the year, you know, then you can just kind of do your own thing. That's not what God has for you. That's not what God has for me. But we tend to do this as the world does it. We tend to look on the outside and go, okay, what can I change here that will change something deeper. 
How can I, how can I, oh, I, I want to change this, or I want to change that, so I got to do something that's, that's out on the outside to change the inside. But God says something completely different. God says something different. He says, listen, and this is in your notes, the world tries to change from the outside in, and it doesn't work. God changes us from the inside out. You see, a lot of us think, if I can just get this looking the right way, if I can just know when to stand up, sit down, you know, this or that, then then look, there's change in me. But that's not the kind of change God wants to do in you. Because here's what I found about the outside change. The outside change works really, really well as long as everything else is working really, really well. But the second things go south, that outside change is really not enough. You see, God wants to do something in deep in your heart. He wants to change you from inside, and so that the inside basically then comes out of the outside. And then it's tangible and seen. I love this verse. I've used it so much, but it's so good. Look at Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. This is what God is saying. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. He says, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and, caref- and be careful to obey my regulations. Now let's, let's, let's break this down for just a second here. What God, God is saying a lot in verse 16, or excuse me, 26 and 27. So he's saying, listen, I'm going to put something new in you. I'm not going to try to clean up the outside necessarily. First things first, I'm going to the heart. I'm giving you a brand new heart, a brand new spirit. Where? Inside of you. Deep inside. And here's what he's basically saying. When I do that, when I take out that stony, stubborn heart, and I instead give you a tender, responsive heart, That change inside of you is what changes the action outside of you. Verse 26 tells us we're getting something new. God is restoring something in us and giving us a new heart. That's that idea of regeneration. That's the idea of brand spanking new. But then verse 27 says, because of that, because of the new heart I've placed inside of you, because of this new thing in you, now it's going to affect the things you do and the way you live, the outside of you. So many of us, we desire God to do something great in us and through us, but we don't allow him to have our heart first. Instead, we think if I can just get the outside clean enough, if I can just know all the the jargon and, and know basically all the memory verses, if that makes sense, then I will be different. Then I will be changed. Then God can really use me. And God says, no, 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 no. I don't care about the heart. I care about what's deep inside of you first. And then when what's inside of you has been changed and new and is no longer stubborn, no longer um, uh, stony, then the things that will come will come naturally. Jesus talks a lot about that concept of bearing fruit, and that is so frustrating if our hearts are not good places. It becomes so hard. But here's what I found. When you have a new heart, 
when you have a tender, responsive heart, when God has placed that new spirit inside of you, fruit becomes a natural occurrence. You know, we went up, my family and I, we went up to uh, uh, Apple Orchard a couple weeks ago or a week ago. And um, it's, it's one of these places that, unfortunately, you have to, like, sign up to go pick the apples, you know, which is different, you know. Like, when I was a kid, it was like, you just showed up and you picked apples, you know. And it was like, oh, you have to sign up to go pick apples. And so we, we didn't sign up in time, you know, to pick apples. But they had apples already there, and, and they have a type of apple that I really like. And so we went up there to, to, to get these apples. And, and it's, it's funny because you go up to an apple orchard or peach orchard or whatever it might be. You go to, um, I know that, like, Tammy has been so kind and been bringing grapes um, from her grapevine. You know, and I'm sure Tammy can help us with this. Um, and let us know if I'm wrong on this, but I've never been near an apple tree or a peach tree or, or, or a garden or, or even a grapevine and, and heard basically the, the, the fruit or the vegetables straining under the stress to produce the fruit. It just happens. Why? It, why? Lots of reasons that I don't have time to get in today, but really in a lot of ways, it, it's doing what it was created to do. It's allowing itself from the inside to come out. And Jesus wants you to understand that. He says, listen, I, I want to give you some brand spanking new stuff. Some of you maybe say, you know what, I, I, you, you were regenerated, if that's a good way to look at it, years and years and years ago. But at the same time, you have forgotten, and it's very easy to do this, that God now is wanting to sanctify more and more and more and more. Let me give you a help in this, okay? If you're still breathing, there's still more God wants to sanctify in you, okay? If you're still breathing, there's still more God wants to do, and he starts it from inside. Don't be the type of person who says, boy, if I could just clean out the outside, then it'll change everything. It won't. We have to do it God's way. We've talked about this a lot, but we want God's promises, then we have to follow God's precepts. We have to do it His way if we want Him to do what He's promised He will do. So He wants to change you, not just from the outside in, but from the inside out, because that's what He desires to do. As we kind of bring this to a close this morning, I, I kind of want to look at some things that, 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 that will become evidence things that as, as God begins this sanctification, some patterns, um, some things that you're going to be able to see that, that God wants to do. Because here's the thing, and this is in your notes, the change will become evident over time in patterns of behavior and desires that are pleasing to God. As the sanctification process is going on, that's what God is going to want to do in you. God is going to want you to begin to, there should be evidence of that. There should be, these patterns begin to change. Desires begin to change. Basically, why? Because God is changing you from the inside out. When we try to change from the outside in, a lot of times the patterns and the desires don't change. Why? Because those are things that literally need to start within us and partner with God to do them. So like I said, to kind of close this this morning, I want to look at some evidences of being brand spanking new. Now remember, the evidences that I'm talking about here are evidences that, that, that start with the concept of regeneration, but are continuing with the idea of sanctification. These are things that some of these, I think I, yeah, I got seven of these. There's seven of these. Some of these you may go, wow, I'm doing really good at number two. 
but you're not so good maybe at other numbers. Remember, this is a journey. This is a process. This is what God is wanting to do in you. But here's what I do believe. These are, and some of these are very basic things. But if these, all these seven are not things that you are at least starting down that road on and progressing in, that's a red flag, okay? If you're not doing these things, these are evidences that are going to need to be a part of that brand spanking new life. So let's look at them together. Number one, there needs to be an evidence of a heartfelt trusting in Christ for salvation. Now, Aaron, what, what, what do you mean when you say that? I, I trust God. He saved me. No, no, no. Like, here's what I mean by that, okay? A lot of us, we still have this concept or thought, even though that in some ways we know what Scripture says, we know what the pastor said or the Sunday school teacher has said, but we're still trying to earn our salvation. We're still feeling like, you know what, God, I thank you that you died. I thank you that you rose again. But you know what? I, I got I to gotta do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. It's this idea that basically if, if I live a certain way, it will enhance my salvation or maybe for some of us, make us able to be saved in the first place. What God wants to do in you, the change that God wants to bring is this idea that you have a trusting, that you know what, God has saved you, that God is working in you, that God has taken you from death into life. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to get more of it. God has done it as a gift from him. It's all about him, and you can't save yourself. It's almost like this concept where you finally get to that place where you go, you know what, I put my faith in Jesus and I put my faith in the fact that only He can save me. Only He can change me. Only He can bring me to that place of salvation. It's not what I've done. It's not what I'm going to do, whether good or bad. It's what He has done for me. And I accept that. I accept that gift. Number two. An assurance of sins forgiven. Now, now, here's how this typically works. We're real good at allowing God to forgive the sins that we feel are minor. You know, the things that we feel, oh, you know, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. God, will you forgive me? Yes. Okay, we're, we're good at that. We can handle that. It's the big stuff. It's the stuff that maybe the, the, the mistakes that we made or the transgressions that we made, maybe even before we knew Jesus. One of the evidences of this new heart, this, this working that God wants to do, is that we have an assurance that, you know what, we don't have a problem with guilt. We don't have a problem with shame. We don't have a problem with our past. Why? Because we understand that God has wiped it clean. We understand that God has said, you know what, I'm going to separate your sins as far as the east is from the west. Listen, if you're walking around as a follower of Jesus with guilt, shame, you are not living the life that God has for you. I'm just going to be flat honest with you. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short. But as God sanctify us, we start to understand that, you know what? There is no sin that is so great that God won't forgive it. There is no distance that God won't go to bring us back home to him. There is no one that has ever lived or will ever live where God's grace will not reach down and lift them up and bring him close to himself if they're willing to allow him to do so. So no matter what you've done, no matter what you are going to do. And remember, this process of sanctification is this process of sinning less. We're not there yet. 
God's still working in you. He's still working in me. But there is something about an evidence of understanding the grace of God to that level. I mean, we love to sing about grace. We love to talk about grace. We love to experience grace. But I don't know really truly if we really totally, completely understand God's grace because it is literally that amazing and that big. We sing it all the time, amazing grace. No, do we really get what that song's saying? Do we really understand the past of the man that wrote it and why it was so amazing to him? Because everything he had done, the horrible, terrible things that he had experienced and done in his life, his God had wiped away and he was forgiven. That's amazing. The evidence of that brand spanking new heart is to know that no matter what, not that we try to sin or any of that nonsense, but that our past has been made clean. Our guilt has been wiped away, and we don't have to live in shame. Number three, a desire to read the Bible and pray. A desire to. Not, not oh goodness, it's, 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 you know, I have to go pray now. Not, oh boy, this is a pain in, you know, I have to go read the Bible. But no, a desire of that. And I love at times when I've met new Christians and they're, they're, they're excited, you know, that a moment of regeneration has happened. And I don't know how many times that I've had people sit in my office and go, man, I just can't get enough of God's word. I just, I just sit there and I just more and more. I just want more and more and more of it. And then we see people that maybe have been saved 150 years. I use that number so nobody gets offended. 150 years. And it's like, tell, tell me about your prayer life. Tell me about your Bible reading. Oh, well, you know, I really don't have any of that. What? No! Red flag! There should be a desire for that. There should be a desire. Listen, listen, you, when you met your spouse, wherever that was, and hopefully that's just this amazing, wonderful, romantic story that you can tell your grandkids, but hopefully after that first initial meeting, you didn't go, ah, you know, if I don't see him anymore, no biggie. I know when I was a kid, you know, this is back in the old days, I know, but I remember like being in high school, and you know, you had this crush, and oh, she's this, and oh, she's that, and she's so pretty, and all these sort of things, and what she would do is she would sit in class, and instead of paying attention to chemistry, she would be writing you a note. Remember those? Notes. I don't think they do that anymore, because I don't think there's paper in schools anymore, but anyway, she would write you a note, or you would write her a note, and she'd walk up to you after class, and hand you the note, and well, you'd go, oh, look, I'm going to read the note, oh, there was such a desire there. Can't wait to spend time with her. And yet, the God of the universe writes us the best note in the history of the world, and we kind of can do without it. The author of creation says, come be with me. Come commune with me. And we go, eh, I'd rather watch Netflix. There needs to be a desire for that. And you go, Aaron, I don't have a desire. Well, listen, that's a desire that God wants to bring in your heart. Some of us, again, we're trying to change from the outside in. We know what we are supposed to do. But we're not doing it because God has really changed us completely. And you go, is that, is that a problem? Well, it's, it's a problem if we don't allow God's Holy Spirit to help correct it in us. Remember, these are processes. You go, 
uh, maybe I'm really good at here, or maybe not. Whatever it is, okay? This isn't, this isn't so you walk out of here going, I'm a horrible, terrible person that God's going to strike with a lightning bolt. This is so we walk out of here and go, listen, God is working in me. I have been regenerated. And now this process of sanctification is going on, and I need to look at some of these things because these are evidences that need to be in my life. Number four, a delight in worship. A delight in worship. Now let me remind you, that the word worship here is not simply the songs we just sang. Is that a part of worship? Of course it is. But worship, when you really break it down, is this idea of giving honor. We sang this morning, we sang, you are worthy of it all. And listen, I think it's important to delight in worship when we come together and worship together. I think it's important to delight in worship when you're in your private time or maybe in your car or whatever. But I also think it's important that you delight in worship by being obedient to what God's asked you to do. That is also a way of showing honor to Him. But we delight in that. We desire that. Number five, we have a desire for Christian fellowship. Okay? Listen, let me help you with this. We're not doing community groups because I'm bored. Because I'm sitting there going, boy, if only I had one more thing to do. No. We're doing them because it's important for us to want to be together with like-minded believers. Because iron sharpens iron. Because we can encourage each other and pray for each other and be there for each other. We should desire that. Listen, if you have this thought that like you can just do this Christianity thing with nobody else and everybody else stays away from you, listen, hear me here. You are not understanding what Scripture has commanded you to do. Period. We should want to be together. Now listen, do we, is it okay at times to be like, hey, you know what, it'd be really nice to, not, to be home just not with other people? Of course. But you know what I mean. There's a desire for that. There's a hunger to be together. Number six, there's a sincere desire to be obedient to God's word. Okay? There's a sincere desire to be obedient to God's word. Not this concept of basically reading God's word and saying, listen, I like this, I don't like this, I'll do this, I won't do this. That's not what I'm, that's not going to cut it. Okay? That's not what this means. Because a lot of us, we think that basically, okay, God's word is, is more of a suggestion book than basically God's commands for living. And God says, listen, I have a life for you. I have a new life for you that I want to birth in you through regeneration and then continue that process in this idea of sanctification. But listen, you're going to have to listen to what I'm telling you to do and how to live. And there's a desire there. Now listen, I didn't say that there is a perfection and obedience to God's word. None of us are there. But listen, you know there's a difference between a sincere, and I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to live that way. So there's a sincere desire to do that. The last and the final one, there's a desire to tell others about Christ. There's a desire to share what Jesus is doing in you and through you. Okay? Listen, these things are really basic. I know that. I, these aren't, you're not going to walk out of here going, boy, Aaron, really, number five was a real deep one. None of you are going to walk out of here going, boy, 
I had no idea that I was supposed to read my Bible and pray. Listen, if you've been here at all, you know I've told you that more than once. And we know that. But these are still things that are evidences. These are still things that almost like we need to be looking at ourselves and our hearts and our lives going, you know what, are these things being shown in me? Can I look back a year from now and go, you know what, on one through seven, I'm growing. In one through seven, I'm getting a little bit better. Or are we kind of stagnant? Have we allowed God to regenerate, but we put our hands up and said, I'm not interested in the sanctification work that God you want to do. There's a piece of wood out in the foyer. It talks about the concept of being able to discover and grow. Do you realize where that came from? Do you understand that discovery is really that idea of regeneration? And that growth is the idea of sanctification? And that both of them are so vital to not just your life, but the life of everyone God has placed around you, to the life of this church, to the life of the, the, the people you work with, or the people in your family, or the people in your school. You see, when we allow God to regenerate, that's awesome. God makes us new. God takes the old heart and changes us and, and does some amazing things. But unfortunately, when we look at our churches as a whole, I'm sad to report, it definitely appears like, you know what, we got some regeneration, that's great. But some sanctification isn't really taking place. I'm not trying to belittle in any way the idea of becoming born again and becoming a Christian. That's the first step. That's massively important. But we also need to understand that God wants to sanctify you and me. He wants to do something so great in you that literally you won't be able to recognize yourself in six months' time. That is what this series is really about is allowing God to bring some real change in your heart. Allowing God to say, you know what? I'm going to start putting some new things in you. Some brand spanking new things. To where you look and you go, yes, I have been regenerated. I have been born again. But at the same time, I am growing in my faith. I am growing in my desires to be more like Jesus. In fact, in a lot of ways, I have decreased and Jesus has increased. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? We're going to close real briefly here. And I just want to talk real quick. We, we, we don't, we, we've talked about things like this before, and this is really kind of, kind of an intro to the series to an extent, but it's very important that we understand some of these, these basic concepts that, that, that we can then take and, and use to apply as we move forward in this series. So, so I just have a couple of questions. Number one, maybe some of you are, are here today or you're online and you go, you know what, I, I really have never been, you know, using a real fancy theology term, I've never really been regenerated. I've never really experienced that regeneration that God desires to do in me when I accept his son. You really, if, if this makes more sense in the term, maybe more of you've heard You've never been born again. You've been born of water, but you've never been born of the Spirit. 
And you see, Jesus came and he died and he, he bled and he rose again so that we could be born again because this is what the Spirit does in us. And in that moment, God wants to give you a new life and, and, you want to, and you'll become a new creation. All the old stuff has passed. And Scripture tells us, behold, all things have become new. It's in a moment. It's something that only God can do. You can't do it on your own. You can't earn it. You can't do it. You say, well, Aaron, how do I, how do, I do that? Well, Scripture is very clear. It says, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that, God's, that He's God's Son, that basically He died, He rose again for your sins, you will be saved. There's not a secret. You've got to use this word and this perfect little script. God knows your, guess what, your heart. And so if that's you today, in just a moment, we're going to give you that opportunity. But for the rest of us, maybe we've experienced that moment of regeneration, you know. But sanctification has been lacking. You know, this idea of brand spanking new is kind of interesting and strange because there's kind of these two different ways that God does this in us. It's, it's kind of an amazing thing. And so, yeah, we've had that moment where, where God gave us new life and we became a new creation. We, we gave our, our life to Him, but, but we've been lacking in the area of sanctification. Maybe in the seven things that we listed, there's some areas that, that we're, we're not showing the evidence like maybe God would want us to. And, and in that, God wants to help us. Remember, this is, this is a working of togetherness that God does with us to bring forth this. We don't do it all on our own, but God doesn't do it all on his own either. We cooperate with God in this. And you would say, you know what, Aaron, I, there's some areas that I'm not showing the evidence. And here's the deal. I don't usually ask people to raise their hands, but you know, if, if I did, my hand would be up too. There's areas in my life where I'm not growing the way I need to grow. I'm not showing enough evidence in certain areas. And you know what? God wants to help you and he wants to help me. And I want to partner with him in that. And so I'm asking those that maybe are in that place to, to be a little more specific in our prayers, not just be, oh God, help me become more like you. Amen, let's go to Jason's deli. But, but to I, let the Spirit help you identify one of those seven areas, or maybe all seven, I don't know, maybe one or two, depending on what God says, where God is saying, you know what, this is where I need you to grow, and this is where I want to bring some more sanctification in your life. This is where I want you to be less and Jesus to be more. And I want us to pray specifically for those things. So we need to open our hearts and say, God, what, what are some of those areas where you want to bring some lasting change in me so that I can become more like you and less like me? It's not that God doesn't love you exactly where you are. He does. But he just desires for you to become more and more like Jesus which is a beautiful thing, something we should all want and desire in our lives. So let's just, let's just take it to the Lord right now. So Father, right now, if there's anybody here, the Father that is not had that moment 
where they've surrendered to you. Not have that moment where, where they basically said, you know what, Father, I, I need you. God, I can't save myself. I need you to do something in me that only you can do. They need to be born again. That, Father, right now, they would begin to just pray that prayer that says, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I believe that you are who you said you are. I believe that you are God's son. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. And I believe that because of that, I can have forgiveness. And I can be made brand spanking new. I believe that. Jesus, will you make me new? Will you come and, and, and wipe away all my sin and just forgive it all and make me new? Because here's the deal. If you pray that prayer, the answer to that question is absolutely, unequivocally, yes, he will. He wishes that none should perish and that all would come to repentance. But for some of us that are here that maybe have prayed that prayer, God, I, I just pray that through your Holy Spirit right now, you're just illuminating numbers. Just illuminating numbers. What, what numbers, God, do we need to work on? Maybe for some of us it's two, five, and, and seven. For others, maybe it's one and, and three and four or whatever. Maybe for some of us it's, it's just five. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I know, God, what matters is you know. And God, if we're open, you will show us where you desire to help us become more brand spanking new. But God, let us help us to open our hearts to those things. Father, you desire to bring life change in our hearts and in our lives from the moment of salvation to the moment we're with you. So help us. Help us to do that. Jesus, you are so good. And we thank you so much for all that you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Well, listen, this week, okay, whatever the Spirit spoke to you, you know, write it down. Get it somewhere where you're seeing it every day and allow that process to take place. Remember, it's a process. It's a journey. But listen, make a commitment that says, you know what, whatever those numbers are, by the time I walk into this building next Sunday, I'm going to do all that I can to, to have a little bit of growth there. Just a, it doesn't have to be a ton. It's just a little bit. And let God do that in you and through you. And, and you do that every week, and I promise you, you'll be blown away with what God does in your heart, making you brand spanking new in those areas, okay? Listen, I hope you have a wonderful week. We're going to head off to Jason's Deli here in a little bit. So if you want to join us for lunch, man, we'd love to have you. For those that are online, we love you. We miss you. We hope that you're doing well. Hope to see you soon. For all of us else, listen, have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you soon.